Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. What does that mean? Is that Italian? It's supposed to be. Oh. Better be. Better be Italian with that. If you're going to come in with that accent, it better be Italian. <laughs> uh, apparently, a go- according to Google Translate, that is go. Google Translate's never led us wrong. No, uh-uh. Not with its extremely literal translations of everything. Right, I'm a fan of Bing, but if you can't go with Bing, then Google Translate's a good one. If you, you know, Or ask Jeeves. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, and now, Gabby, you know it's important that any time you have a guest on the show, you do not allow them to introduce themselves. You don't just say, tell us about yourself. You Have, have we started? Them. Have we officially started, or is this still the preliminary? I, 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 no, no, this is it. We're coming in guns blazing, <laughs> coming guns blazing. And so on, okay. this episode, on this episode, we have one, and it's important that we all- We like this- to entrap our guests by making them think we have not started- <laughs> Right. That way we kind of get you on a hot mic. We call, uh-huh. we recorded everything you said earlier about Roy and Tom. Oh, this is our, our, oh. our gotcha journalism. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so it's important that all this information, when you introduce a guest, be correct. And so oh. we have on our podcast today, Michael Francis Delizio. <laughs> no, you're Mike already, you're already off. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just trust me. Mike grew up in a small Indiana farm town. Uh. Uh, uh-huh. Before going to college, putting himself mm-hmm. through co- college, uh, waiting tables, and working as an erotic dancer, uh, <laughs> eventually becoming, uh, fulfilling his dream of becoming a high school teacher. Mm. Where he did didn't- you say an an erotic dancer or a neurotic dancer? <laughs> What's Why the not difference? both? <laughs> the neurotic erotic dancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. You can give me dollar bills, but make sure they're crisp. <laughs> <laughs> He gets up and immediately irons them out. Uh, correct. <laughs> Will you please give me quarters that are already rolled, pre-rolled? Uh, yeah, and they all have to be facing the same direction as well. Yes. Uh, and act, that was actually the name of the place you worked, Heads, heads or Tails. Um, the- <laughs> <laughs> You'll flip. All right. Oh, yes. Uh, before becoming a school teacher, a high school teacher, wasn't it? Mm. And you yes. taught some sort of... Uh, you taught history and sociology and some uh, something else that was. I like how you're actually you're, you're asking me right now to clarify details in the scope of saying that I came there from an erotic dancer background. But yes, I actually was a, a social studies teacher, uh, U.S. World History and Sociology. So con- continue there. Continue. I want to hear okay. where, where my life goes next. So, and I, I'm unclear as to your bio, whether you lost your job, retired. Or at some point in time, you decided to join the Dice Tower Mafia, and you moved from the small town somewhere in Cornfield in Indiana down to now the Dice Tower headquarters at the very tip of the Florida area, and now you work yes. for the for Mr. Vassal. Okay. Uh, so, so yes, going along with your... Uh, your Did we get anything wrong? <laughs> well... 
Um, really, the only thing that you got right was the exotic dancing. Everything else was all completely uh, nonsense. But uh, so, so yes, I, I am not from Indiana. You know, I, I was living there for, I think, a little over 20 years. So I was there for a, a good chunk of time. But teaching uh, high school, you know, uh, formulating the impressionable young minds of America's youth. And um, I uh, had a golden opportunity to come to, as you said, the tip of Florida. And so I, I, I jumped at that opportunity and grabbed it with both hands and got a, a big handful of Florida. And, 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 and in terms of that, you do video editing and content creating for the Dice Tower. Now, for those that aren't familiar with the Dice Tower or your content, what exactly type of content do you produce? Jerry, I got to tell you, I'm really impressed with the the book, the 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 notebook that you have there. I think it's a moleskin journal, is it not? Is that an official? Oh yes, journal? I, keep, I, I keep one of these. Now we're not even we're not even to the the good stuff yet. Okay, I, I believe it's even embossed, but okay, I don't want to get fixated on that because we'll be here all day. But um, did uh, you say moleskin? Moleskin, M O L E S K I N E. That's only the best of the. Uh, journals that you'll find at Target in the in the stationery or Staples also I think has moleskin. They are actually nice, but anyway. Uh, so yes, my official title I suppose would be a uh, video editor slash content creator at the Dice Tower uh, Incorporated LLC, reserved, trademarked. Yes. Do Do you find you do your best content creation when in the restroom? Well, it's the longest lasting. Um, ah, I, I, you know, I, I don't know that I, I have a particular place that I do my best content creation, Gabby. I like to feel like I'm a versatile individual. Uh, you know, out of doors, I can create some stunning content uh, within <laughs> the cramped confines of, of, of a, a restroom, or as I like to call them, the facilities. I've also created some some fantastic content there, but I'm versatile. I'm like a Swiss Army knife, Gabby. You never know what you're going to get when you flip me open. Gotcha. That, that's one thing I've always appreciated about the Dice Tower content. It is quite regular. Uh, <laughs> now, oh, it's, oh in, it's regular. It's regular. In terms of the hierarchy, now we've had several <laughs> of our fans ask this. <laughs> okay. In terms of the of the hierarchy of the Dice Tower, yes. we know that. That uh, Mr. Vassal, of course, is the godfather of the of the Dice Tower. Right Correct. below him, we we would assume that Z would be the next in line. So so if something now nah, this is just theoretical. If yeah, something yeah. were to happen, God okay. forbid, sure to Mr. Vassal and then mm-hmm. to to Mr. Garcia, who is the next in line, the successor of the Dice okay. Tower throne? Okay, okay. So would that I be guess- you, Roy? What? Oh, no, 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 not me. Um, not only am I the last person hired, but I'm also the one clearly with the least amount of skill, charisma, and talent. But you'd have Tom. And piercings. And Well, no. Let's, you're, are you kidding now? <laughs> the least amount of piercings, you think? I have. I'd like you to, da- I'd like uh, you to make apparently, a guess Apparently. Right apparently Jerry, I'd like you to make a guess. Apparently you never saw him dance. I, I, I would like you to make a guess now at the amount of piercings. That I have now. I want to make it clear: we're not talking about piercings that I currently use, because right now, okay, I don't want to give anything away. But I don't have anything currently actively pierced. But I still have holes in my body that could accept 
uh, piercing objects if needed. So yeah, to make a guess at how many how many. I want to cut that particular phrase in just a certain way. Well, I I know that in the state of I do have he said I do have holes in my body that can be that can accept pierceable items. Yes. Well, I do know that in the state of Indiana, it's illegal for a school teacher to have more than seven piercings. So I'm going to go with seven. Okay. Uh, no, you're incorrect. You are incorrect. I have four Moral, piercings. You have four piercings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that was that was of uh, interest. Mark that to down our fans. in the moleskin, Jerry. Mark that one down in the moleskin. It is. It's it's go it's it's going in. It's going in right next to Dan Hughes twenty eight. <laughs> uh, I completely so, lost track. Oh, oh. So go the, ahead, the, who who's in the, who the hierarchy? Right, the hierarchy. Yes. 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 Okay. It's very important. So I think. Yes, I think you have Tom clearly. Uh, then you have Z. Um, I, I'm going to go in in a. Uh, well, I would say Eric, but only, but but maybe not because Eric is really you know he's he's got his own kind of main gig of doing the the voiceover work and the audio books, and he he's part time. He's been with uh, the Dice Tower for a very long amount of time, so he's got that status of time. Uh, but, but if I, you know, keeping Eric out of the mix, then I would say Roy. That's the plan, isn't it? Take him out of the mix. <laughs> I can't, uh, confirm or deny that there are plans. Uh, <laughs> uh, you've got Roy. Then you have the people that come and mow the, the lawn every two weeks. Okay. Uh, then you've got, oh no, no, wait, wait. Kenny's got to get in there above them. Kenny, then Roy, then the lawn guys. Then the stray cats in the back. Then I think I'm up. If if the stray cats don't make it, then I think it's my turn to shine. Wow, that's that's disappointing. Uh, speaking of Mr. Summoner, uh, uh, and, and and this is Summerer. just a side. Summoner, sir. That, that's Summerer. what I said. Uh, we kind of had to. We'll, we'll take a brief jaunt and talk about Eric for a brief moment. My wife, okay, uh, who occasionally listens, she doesn't listen to our podcast, but when we guest star on other people's mm. podcasts, she likes to listen. Yeah. Uh, she listened to the podcast that Gobby and I were on, which was the Sporadically Bored, which we should mention for our listeners, Sporadically Bored is a bi-monthly podcast that Dan <laughs> Hughes and Mike uh, occasionally uh, – it, uh-huh. it's, it's more about t- – Two men discussing their lives more than it is about board games. But anyway, she listened to Sporadically Bored and Mm. several things jumped out at her. One, uh, she just, I think, I don't want to, I don't want to choose her words for her, but I think she described the sound, the voices Mm. of the podcast as being very sensual. Oh, Uh, she, oh, yes, yes. She, 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 she feels that uh, Gobby and I both have excellent. Uh, radio voices, but she was uh-huh. shocked to hear your voice. And she well. says later, earlier, just this day, she says, I think Mike, uh, she just calls you Mike. Sure. Um, sure. We that, have that kind of a, yeah, yeah. We're on that level. Sure. Right. Yeah. She, that, that you might have the best voice that she's he heard. He was big D in the uh, club. <laughs> right. Heads and tails. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I put, she, she, she claimed that you might have the best voice in board game podcasting. And I took, oh. Uh, umbrage with that and i said you did don't listen yes yes i said you've never heard eric summoning her and so i found a video of eric Uh and played it Uh for her and then Mm -hmm. back to back at our kitchen table was playing a video of eric and then of you and then of eric and then of you and and she outright said that it it is hands down mike as she calls you 
uh, oh. uh, has has the best voice. And so I've often felt that Eric's silky, smooth baritone was uh-huh. the f- most formidable voice in podcasting. But uh, so my, my question is, what do you do to prepare mm. yourself for a podcast, both vocally, mentally, and emotionally? Mm. Well, it's a it's a process, Jerry. Let me tell you, it's a, it's a multi step process. But before we get to that, um, first of all, this is a, a great honor, and and I, I hope that you've also taken note of this in your moleskin that I that that this has been uh, determined at this point. Uh, but if there's one thing I could say about Eric, I, you know what word that I I associate with Mr. Eric Summer? You, are you ready for the word? I am. Okay, Eric is. Mellifluous, huh? Mellifluous. Yes, yes. The password is mellifluous. Yes, mellifluous. I think Eric is mellifluous, and I I cannot accept the the mantle that that your your wife is so graciously uh, bestowed upon me. I, I think that Eric clearly has not only you know the 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 voice to beat all voices in board game media. He first of all makes a living at it. But I would also throw a dark horse into this mix. I don't know if you've ever heard of the uh, Meeple Overboard podcast. And we've had the one of the co-hosts of that podcast on the Sporadically Bored podcast before. His name is Chris Yee. He also... Now, I don't get me wrong. My voice is clearly, clearly better than Chris's voice, but... Heads and tails above the rest. Heads or tails, yeah, uh, cycling back to the to the strip club. Uh, no, no, exotic dance club, but... Uh, erotic but, dance club. <laughs> you're erotic, yes. Uh, exotic, and, you break out the tigers. <laughs> exotic is the tigers. Erotic and neurotic is when I get on stage. But uh, Chris Yee also is a, is a contender for... for uh, uh, voice of the uh, of the of the decade of the century of the millennium. Um, I, you know, I, I wish I could say Jerry that I had a, a an actual routine. I wish I could say that I prepared, but uh, this is uh, this is just something that uh, that comes to me naturally. I suppose I, I just uh, open up my vocal cords and let my larynx do its thing. Mm. <laughs> well, please, please, can you repeat that again? Well, that, that, that was more of a, a groan of. He heard uh, that plenty at the uh, Heads and Tails nightclub. Well, that was that was just me expressing my. I, I appreciate your humility, but we all know deep down that you you are slowly climbing the ladder of, of the Dice Tower conglomerate, and no doubt, as if it weren't for your age, which obviously, as sure. you know, because sure. that's that's you know. You have to be able to appeal to to a younger generation, and I think sure. that's where you know Roy comes in to play. Right, um, right, right, right. And Roy so, is our, our pandering our, to th- the youth. Sure, he he's our, our our chance at pandering to the youth. Yeah, right. And, and I mean, I'm sure that he, there's a certain type of, of of fan or viewer that really do appreciate uh, Roy's opinion, as mm-hmm. does. There's a certain demographic that they're going for with you, like I, right. I you know, with D- Dan Hughes type, you know, every, everybody. The has nursing homes, right? There are many uh, demented, not demented. Um, <laughs> th- there are many seniors, sure, that sure. enjoy playing board games, and I think having a Dan Rather type figure oh, to Dan provide Rather. them with okay, board you, game news. I'm just glad you didn't go with Walter Cronkite. Okay, go ahead. 
No, no, no. I toned it down a little bit. But you are the greatest generation. I'll just well, say that right away. <laughs> well, is, sure, is sure. Uh, Order from Chaos uh, still a thing? Y'all haven't put well, nothing out in a while. Yeah, you know, if it, it's it's um, it's rough because that's just that's one that's getting kind of lost in the shuffle. We 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 just recorded our last sporadically bored podcast with Matthew, and part of us were saying, ah, "Should we just do an Order from Chaos instead?" But <laughs> we we really wanted to. We we hadn't talked to each other in a while, and so we wanted to have the more. Mm-hmm freeform longer one but no it's it's still a thing we just haven't haven't we're, we're all kind of crazy busy and that seems to be the one that's lowest on the rung so to speak but we we enjoy doing it and it does seem like I a like few people one. like it so i don't know at least 15. yeah i liked I, at least. I liked uh the matthew jude last one y'all did oh thank you good you know it, it it's hard uh Joking aside, if I if I may be serious for a moment, may I may I be serious for a moment? You may. Mm, okay, we'll allow it. Look fair. Um, when we got done with that uh, particular episode, I can speak for myself, but I do feel like we all kind of had a similar thing. We were worried that it was too. It was kind of somber in a way. It was uh, not sad or anything, but um, no, it was just. Um, it wasn't kind of like our normal vibe that we have it was good it was positive but but it was really more of like a reflective maybe reflective is a better word than somber we were uh just yeah. kind of all in a reflective mood and so i was worried afterwards that people were going to be a little bit like oh that was fine you know it was good uh but but it didn't have kind of the humor that we normally come with at least yeah. consistently or at least that we try to and uh, but so I've heard a few people that have said that they enjoyed it. So uh, I'm I'm happy. Yeah, it's good. Well, I'm I like like you y'all said before, like a, a nice mix. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't be hilarious all the time. This is, unless your name is Jerry. Sure, sure. That's that's right. And I took from that particular episode that uh, we desperately need to find Mr. Jude a a significant other. Well, if Matthew, only he would take off his hat. Correct. It could, because he has a lustrous head of hair. I, I, I want to be clear. He's not hiding anything to be ashamed of below that knit beanie. Uh, he has a lustrous uh, head of hair. Um, but he's he's made it clear on a number of occasions that, um, you know, he would he would like the company of a, of a significant other. So the problem, I think, is that he's a very busy uh, young man and uh, that he doesn't have a lot of time in his life uh, for things outside of what he's doing to try to, to make a name for himself in this wacky business he doesn't have, board gaming. He doesn't have the time for love and tenderness. You know, Gobby, it's it's sad to say, but yeah, you may be right. You may be right. <laughs> it, it takes time to develop a, a long-lasting relationship, and, and I would like to kind of uh, breach into that uh, that area. How did you and Dan become a couple? <laughs> Um, so I was going to come up with a joke answer, but I'll be serious. I'll answer it seriously. So, um, Dan, one of the things that I think Dan is remarkably good at is finding people. <laughs> Long pause. No, well, because I want to, <laughs> one might, yeah. I, <laughs> He's thinking. He's thinking. No, I'm just trying to think of the best way to put this. Dan is really good at, uh, kind of, Finding people that have a unique voice. And I'm not, I, 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 the reason why I was hesitating was because the implication here is that I have a unique voice. And that's not really what I'm getting at. But what I'm getting at is that 
Dan likes to promote people that a lot of people aren't talking about. He'll hear somebody, he'll see somebody that he thinks has something there, and he'll mention it. And then oftentimes, that person will get discovered by other people. And you're like, yeah, you know, he was right. This person really is good. This is something that's interesting. And so I only bring that up because the way we got together uh, was he had seen me on Board Game Breakfast. He'd seen me do some stuff on on the Dice Tower. And he asked if I wanted to be a guest on This Game is Broken. And so, um, you know, I was, I was, I loved This Game is Broken at the time. And, uh, so I said, sure, I'd be thrilled to. And, and I came up with a, a stupid, uh, round called Playing with Yourself. You have to be careful of the pause there about solo gaming, where it was a whole thing about innuendo. It was, it was either solo gaming or euphemism, right? And so I found, solo games that sounded you know you know remotely dirty and 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 played that round and it went over really well and so I came back on like on another three or four times and just became friends with Dan through that and then when uh he decided that he wanted to move on from this game is broken he and I were already friends at that point uh, we had actually met at dice tower con so we we had met in person and we talked outside of the realm of podcasting and just had become friends. And I had told him that I had an idea for a podcast that I was going to do. And so we started, you know, he's like, oh, what's it about? And so I kind of gave him my ideas, which was nothing like what we ended up doing. And, uh, you know, he said, well, hey, if you're ever interested in doing something, let me know. And that's really how it started. We just, the sporadically bored idea not surprisingly, came very quickly because it's almost a Seinfeld thing where they say, you know, it's a show about nothing. Um, Sporadically Bored, I think, is a podcast about two distinct personalities and particular ideals that thankfully have resonated with, you know, a small group of people. And, And the idea being that we'll record it when we feel compelled to record We'll try to do it with the the spirit of enjoyment and enjoying each other's time and company. And my favorite compliments that I get from people is that when they say, well, it sounds like I'm just listening to two friends talking and I'm at the table too. You know, that's the vibe we're going for. And I think you guys have a very, very similar thing. And you were doing it before us. As much as I like to joke uh, otherwise, you, you know, you were doing it before us, although I hadn't heard you before Dan brought you guys up. So. Right, right. And I appreciate very much that, that you have stuck with Dan, despite your rocketing to fame in, in the <laughs> Dice Tower Network. Uh, it's called paying it forward, paying ditched. it forward. <laughs> right, right. A, a lesser man would have ditched any, what's the term, excess baggage. And, right. and, I, like, and I like the term but anchor, anchor, but excess baggage works too, sure. But now with Dan's... Uh, I have, I'm, well, I don't want to turn the attention towards me, but since I have insp- inspired Dan to become a designer and sure. design Core Quest with his, uh-huh. with his daughter, I look uh-huh. forward to the time for which you get to review Core Quest well, uh, on the Dice Tower. That would be a nice. It's, I, look, no one is looking forward to that more than me, Jerry. Um, I, I have played it on Tabletop Simulator, uh, and, and, you know, I've already discussed the massive first player advantage. But other than that, I think that there's some, there's some design notes <laughs> that, and, and the thing is, I don't even want to perpetuate that joke because 
I don't know if you guys have had this problem. Um, you say something just flippantly as a joke on, uh, you know, on a podcast, right? And it turns out, oh, yeah, that's kind of funny. And then it becomes something that takes on a life of its own, right? And so I just don't want there to be this situation where there's these people making jokes about CoraQuest legitimately having a first player advantage. The reason why I thought that was funny was because it was, it's a cooperative game and you can't have a first player advantage, right? But I just, I don't want misinformation to get out there. But anyway, I am very much looking forward to reviewing it. Um, although I don't know that I can, if I'm being very honest, I don't know if I could review it. Well, I understand. Cause I, I recall when I remember when you had a sack that was full of mail <laughs> And various other objects for which you no longer have. Sure. And and as for yeah. making a joke and it sticking, we one time brought on a we, we brought Enrique on our podcast one time, and okay. now we even have him on sporadically, and he has a <laughs> a cult following is what I would describe it. Yes. He has an actual fan Correct. club of sleeveless <laughs> fedora wearing um, <laughs> miscreants. Sure. Uh, our our fan base. Our our mm-hmm. fan base actually had some questions directed oh. towards you that they would they they don't ask they actually demand that you <laughs> demand. answer. Sure, um, I appreciate the, the I appreciate the enthusiasm. I, it's very yes. odd. Well, our our fan base is much more refined, I think, than yours. Oh, okay. I, I don't mean that in a harsh okay. way. I just mean that sure. in, in a fact in a in a fa- in a factual way. In a um, factual way, uh huh. One of the questions that. <laughs> One of the questions that was asked is, how does Tom take his coffee? Do you bring it to him in the office or does he make it bring uh-huh. it to does it make you bring it to his home? Uh-huh. And do you perform a playful component <laughs> spill when you that those are air quotes component spill when you hand uh-huh. it to him? Hmm. Fascinating question. Uh, let me answer this question with a, with a story, and and, I, and it comes back to my time as a, as a, a world history teacher. You know, in in the Palace of Versailles, you know, in 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 France, uh, Louis Louis the Fourteenth, the Sun King, and now I'm paranoid that I'm getting the wrong Louis because there were a lot of Louis in France. I think it was Louis the Fourteenth, the the Sun King. Um, he would have a a whole host of attendants. Every morning he'd wake up and it would be almost a ceremony, right? And, and, uh, the, the attendants were not expected to look in King Louis's eyes and, and you couldn't knock on the door. You had to scratch on the door to, to, to ask for entry into the, into the parlor. And there were attendants that were, you know, vying to have the honor of, of, you know, uh, cleaning, uh, King Louis's, uh, chamber pot and, and et cetera. So I liked him. I think, I like to think of myself as one of Tam, uh, Tom's, attendance, right? And so the, the coffee ritual is one that I'd like to go into detail about, but I don't know that we have time. Your, your podcasts are typically shorter than ours. So, uh, the, the short answer is that Tom uh, doesn't drink coffee. What is his drink of choice? <laughs> My drink of choice? No, Tom's. Oh, as far is he a water uh, as man? I, I, I do know he likes a good hot chocolate. He, he does mm. like a good hot chocolate. Um, what else have I seen Tom drink? Um, honestly, I think I've seen him drink maybe tea, like iced tea before. Yeah, I think I've seen him drink iced tea, water, and hot chocolate. <laughs> I do believe that that's the trifecta of beverages. Such a, a, 
Do you get tired of people asking Dice Tower questions at you all the time? I don't necessarily get tired. No, because it's still, I mean, keep in mind, I've still been here for less than a year. And it's still pretty surreal to me that that's my job. Um, the, the, uh, no. So I, I will tell you again, I'm trying to inject a little bit of, of, uh, I, I never know when to be serious in answering these questions or not, but in, in a, a small dose of seriousness here, um, when I first started, uh, working at the dice tower, I was very sensitive and concerned when we would have these types of discussions on sporadically board, right? People would joke and they had no ill intentions at all. And I was really sensitive. I was really paranoid that I was going to anger. Get fired. Right. Or, or offend. <laughs> because I didn't know very well. I didn't know Tom very well at that point. And I still, you know, it's not like we're, you know, we, we haven't known each other, you know, closely for, for decades. But I feel much more comfortable now that Tom knows who I am and, and uh, does knows that I, I, I don't have any ill intentions. And so these types of questions don't bother me. But at first, I was really worried about answering these types of questions because I didn't know quite what the dynamic was there. You know, at the Dice Tower, um, we have a lot of... I mean, people don't take themselves very seriously there. And that's one of the things I appreciate about that job and the people that I work with. Well, that that's good right. to know. The, how did you get Sam Healy fired? Well, look, this is a, this was a, again, much, much <laughs> like the other things we've talked about. This was a process, Jerry. This doesn't happen overnight. This was a process because not only did I have to get him fired, I had to get him to the other end of the country. Look, Washington state and Florida are on opposite ends of this. Uh, let's keep Alaska out of the mix because everybody knows that Alaska is not a real state. Same with Hawaii, but basically on the opposite ends of the country, right? And so, look, I, I can't get into it, Jerry, because there's an NDA involved. But there, there was a process. Let me tell you. Well, uh, Cody Snonengard, one of our oh, I know fans, Cody. Asks, I know Cody. No, oh, Cody. Yeah, yes, Cody. I know Cody and Cody. Yes. Cody. Uh, Co yeah, he's Cody uh, when you meet him in person. Cody online. All right. Uh, what does working for the Dice Tower look like day to day? And mm -hmm. do you have set schedules or do shift do you shift from project to project at mm. the whims of others? <laughs> oh, I'm at the whims. No, it it's uh it's a little bit more regulated than I think you might think. It's uh, a regular uh schedule in that it's generally Monday to Friday. Now, every so often I'll have a couple of things I need to do over the weekend, but usually uh nothing of any real consequence time-wise, but generally speaking, I get there to work, and this is just because I want to, I get there around 8.15, uh, and then I leave around 5, um, but as far as the day-to-day -day schedule, there are certain things that I am responsible for every week that I know I'm going to be doing every week, right? I know that now I'm going to be doing uh, crowd surfing every week with uh, Z and Tom. That's a, a live show we do on Wednesday, so I know that on Tuesdays, Tom's going to send us the links of the Kickstarters we're looking at that week. I look at those. I, you know, watch the videos. I kind of make little notes for things I may want to talk about. So I know I'm going to do that. Also on Wednesdays, I know that I'm going to be getting the news ready for Board Game Breakfast Live on Thursday, right? So I, I know I'm going to be doing that every week. Um, then I also know that I'm going to be editing the Monday morning Board Game Breakfast and the Week in Review. That's something I do every week. I also have taken on... 
the app reviews that Tom does, like he's doing board game app reviews. And so I'm doing those. Those are things I do every week. And then on top of that, I try to do at least two of my own reviews. Uh, although I'm not necessarily like contracting. It's not like Tom's telling me you got to get these out. I've kind of made a commitment that I want to get, you know, at least two reviews out. We've also started doing these four way reviews where the four of us, Tom and uh, Z and myself and Roy will, will review a game we've all played. So there are certain things I know I'm going to be doing every week. Things I know I'm going to be doing on a relatively regular basis. We now are doing live plays almost every week, and I'm usually in on those too. So um, I don't know if that answers Cody or Cody's question, but uh, I tried. What? Nothing better than a good four-way. Uh, <laughs> I so knew you were you, you were not going to let that go. It was right there. It was really, really obvious. And I thought, well, look, maybe it's too obvious. Mary, maybe Jerry's going to leave that show. one alone. We try no. to make this a family show. <laughs> I have something I want to say. I'm just not going to do it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, proud members of the Gateway Network. Um, uh, how, how how were you recruited into the Dice Tower cult? D- did it occur in like, were you blindfolded and driven to a Motel 6? And then while you were in a dark room, you heard the components spill out. Mm, this is just a story mm. I was told. I don't know. Sure, I just was on sure. Reddit. Flashing images of uh, dice and hats coming at you in a blinking fashion. <laughs> I didn't. This is what I was read on Reddit. It's uh-huh. that you were blindfolded, mm-hmm. placed in the back of a, a 2006 Ford Taurus, mm-hmm. driven to a Motel. I don't know how they knew that. Driven mm-hmm. to a Motel 6. Uh-huh. A Moleskin Tale. Yes. And then... <laughs> You were made to place your hand inside a box and fill mm-hmm. of just the components and be able to identify the game mm-hmm. within the box. Is that true or how, or what what's is the rest of the story it gets really convoluted there and it involves Jason Levine. But but what 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 how exactly were you recruited into the 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 family? No, you just you, you just said it. That was exactly how it happened. No, actually, it, I, yeah, I was a little disappointed because I was hoping for the windowless white van, but it turns out that it was just a uh, it was just a minivan, and there were plenty of windows. So I was a little bit disappointed, mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't even a uh, blindfold; it was a bandana, and I saw right through it. I knew exactly where we were going, and it was a red roof inn. Uh, again, disappointed. <laughs> Continental breakfast. Well. Yeah, continental breakfast, but I had to do the, uh, the the component test first, and it took me three tries. So did Tom just c- approach you, or did he just know of you? Did you okay. bake him through a series of emails? <laughs> so do you mean uh, as far as getting the, the current job that I have now? Yes. How did you okay. get, uh, obtain employment through the Dice Tower? Got it. And so who I'll, did you I'll... have to, to <laughs> suck up to? <laughs> oh, very nicely done. Um, I'm going to have to, uh, I'll make this the, 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 I'm going to show my age again here. Uh, the Reader's Digest the version, the short version. Um, you know, I had been doing a segment. <laughs> do you see my kitty behind me? I had been doing oh, a, uh, a board game breakfast. Cats are my kryptonite. This I'm one, completely distracted now. This is one of the Dice Tower kittens, by the way. I know your listeners can't, uh, can't see her, but this is Raven. She is one of the, uh, the, the progeny of the kitties that were in the back and the mother of raven and pip who's sitting over there has now got another litter ready to go she's gotten pregnant yet again uh so it, basically we've become a uh, a mini tiger king compound at the dice tower um so anyway i got the job uh i knew tom because i had been doing segments for board game breakfast for a couple of years doing my solo mode segments about solo gaming 
And I had worked at uh, Dice Tower Booths as a volunteer for a few years, both at Gen Con and at Origins, because I was living in Indianapolis, right? <laughs> you see the cat, the cat tail. Um, and so I, I knew Tom by working at the booths and, and by doing segments. And so I honestly think, and I, I, I think Tom has even said as much, that had I not done that, had I not worked at those booths and shown a work ethic, because quite honestly, I really, you know, I, I loved working those booths and I took it seriously and I, and I think I did a decent job at it. So he knew who I was. He kind of had a background on, on what I was doing. And I also, if I'm, I'm patting myself on the back here, back here a little bit, I took the initiative when, when I heard that, that Sam was leaving, I emailed Tom before, you know, it wasn't like he was putting out a call at that point. I emailed Tom and I said, look, um, I don't know exactly what's happening there. I don't know if you already have things in mind, but I know that uh, Sam is, is uh, going to be leaving the Dice Tower, and I just would like to let you know that I'm open to a discussion about opportunities if there are any available. And that's really how it happened. I emailed him. He emailed me back. We started talking. Then we started talking on the phone. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of, a lot to discuss because – I was a, you know, a teacher for almost 20 years and, uh, you know, I had a lot in Indiana. I had my, you know, my wife and, and, uh, my, my, my children and, and, uh, there was a, just a whole lot to, to kind of navigate and negotiate, uh, navigate to just, just practical matters. And so, um, it just was an opportunity that was still, it's still to me to this day, is hard to kind of fathom and wrap my mind around. I wasn't necessarily looking to leave Indiana at that point, just because of all of the the uh, connections I had there. Uh, and and but this was just an opportunity that I had to to pursue. And so that's that's how it happened. It's it, most school teachers do have an intense love for the children that they teach, and I'm glad you did not allow that love to outweigh your love of board games. <laughs> And you're able to leave that inner city school and pick up, <laughs> and apparently even your wife, uh, and to come to, to the tip Timothy. of Florida. And I wouldn't use the word abandon, but I'm no, sure you were. No. They replaced you when you're at your previous job at Indiana Cornfield High. So uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, I'm I'm gonna I, I'm gonna uh, try to to salvage my my already in tatters shredded reputation as much as I can. I was already actually looking to train. much like your short shorts at heads and tails. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> um, I was looking to transition out of teaching already because really be, and I know I'm putting the best face on this. So, so, you know, take this with a grain of salt if you must, but um, I really was looking to transition out of teaching because I was at a point where I knew that if I kept going, that I had the danger of becoming one of those teachers that was just showing up to collect a check. And I refused, I refused to do that because that's a job. Teaching is a job where if you're having a bad day, that's fine. You know what I mean? The kids are, especially in high school, are going to kind of get that. But if you have lost your passion for the job and you are just showing up, they know it. And what you're doing now is you're not just affecting the two or three people closest to you in the cubicles. You're affecting 150 kids every day, right? 
They know you don't want to be there. They know you don't care. And that annoys them understandably. And so I, I was at a point where I was like, look, I'm not burned out now, but I know that I'm getting there. I know I'm getting close. And so I was already, I had already made a resume that had nothing to do with board gaming. You know, I was, I kind of thought, okay, well, what are the things I'm going to transition to? And I had some things in mind. So I had made a resume. I was already looking to get out. And then when this happened, I almost felt like the universe was trying to tell me something when, when this, you know, dice tower kind of, kind of, transition happened, I felt like, okay, well, look, maybe something's being put out there and I need to at least put my hat in the ring, so to speak. And so, um, you know, I, I, I don't have a lot of, of sympathy for teachers that are burnt out and stay in the job. Uh, honestly, figure it out or get a different job because those kids don't deserve somebody just showing up every day. You know, then you end up like me, a personal shopper at Walmart. Because my teachers gave up on me. Did you have, let me ask you this. Do you feel like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm now, now you got me all fired up. Do you feel like, <laughs> do you feel like the majority of your teachers in, let's say high school, do you feel mm-hmm. like the majority of your teachers in high school were passionate about their job? I can no. Yeah, I can answer that. I was homeschooled, so my teacher was my mother, and she <laughs> hated hated me. And and I agree with most of what you said because uh, as someone who was homeschooled, I mm. view your previous vocation as being completely useless because sure, it sure. worked fine for me being at home. And I, my <laughs> wife now homeschools our two children, and I mean, okay. of course, we you know, and and that's not because we feel like. Well, maybe it is because we feel like that this the school system in our particular area. You know, we live mm-hmm. in southeastern Oklahoma, so there are so few quality schools or schools at all that that uh, right. You, when you have, uh, you know, uh, uh, we don't have a, a history teacher with a degree in history. We got a uh, coach Jefferson, who's you know basketball season's off, and you know. I show up to history class, and he just plays the Last of the Mohicans and says, "There you go, watch this." That was actually my next question, Mike. Mm-hmm. Is what what yes. did you coach in school? Yeah, and I'm really glad you asked that. I really because I tell you what, that's a stereotype for a reason because it's overwhelmingly true. I did not coach. I was never a coach. Um, and I almost wore that as a badge of pride. Nothing against coaches, but you're absolutely right. The social studies department is almost overwhelmingly the coaches, right? It's the athletic department masquerading as a history department and I, or as a social studies department. Um, but I, I want to be, I also want to be clear that I'm not anti-teacher by any means, because the thing is, I also worked with a lot of fantastic people that did give a, you know what about their job. Um, it's just that one or two bad teachers can really, really, really mess things up for a lot of kids. And so I just feel like it's a job that, that has such a, a huge impact potentially that uh, you want some good ones in there. So anyway, I know we've gotten onto a teacher talk here, but no, I did not coach, sir. I did not coach. Well, I, and I don't think you should feel bad for not being athletic enough or having the knowledge base <laughs> to be able to coach volleyball. It, there, there is a skill to it and mm. to coach and to inspire people and to really formulate. I've watched Friday Night Lights like eight times. Have you? I have, ne- I have never played football once in my mm. life, but every time I see that show, it inspires me. Have you but watched I, Last I Chance You on Netflix? I have not. I you have need not. to. It's fantastic. Okay. It's, it's, that's, a, that's a 
a community uh, college you're a, show about community college football. Go ahead. You're a documentary watcher. I'm a Have huge you, did you watch the uh, my wife just watched all the episodes of the newest. I don't know how new it is. The Challenger. Hmm. The, about there's a documentary on Netflix about Challenger. About very interesting. Challenger the the the, the, the shuttle the really? shuttle yeah and, no yeah now I'm yeah intrigued. she said it was she said it was very very good very interesting. Is it a series or is it just one documentary? I think it's on, it's a uh, it's like four episodes. Okay, okay, and they're about forty to an hour long. I think uh-huh. I didn't watch it because I. I'm the opposite. I can't handle documentaries. Oh. A, they're usually over a subject matter that is depressing to me. Sure. Or it's just, I don't know. I'm just a uh, put on Star Wars or Star Trek. And let me watch that. And that's just what I prefer. <laughs> uh, before we move on off that real quickly, I I, I, I had a game down that we were going to play briefly. Gobby. Uh, well, Ooh, my game without. I'm excited. Yes, a game. But, well, yeah, but it. But you, you remember the your the mascot of your school, no doubt. Don't say it. Okay. 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 The, the one uh, I Gobby, taught at, correct? The one you taught at. Gobby, okay. can you guess? Uh, will you, do you have a pen? Can you write down the mascot of Mike's school? Is he just taking a wild can I write guess? write it down? Just take a wild guess. Wow. It's in Indiana, okay. so there's not that many animals out there. So what <laughs> animal could it be? It's obviously an animal. It wouldn't be like the Indiana corn husk or something of that uh-huh. nature, or uh-huh. the Indiana meth lab. Uh, I'm I've got my answer down. Gobby, what do you do? You have your answer written down. Um, hold on. This is much Gobby, more I feel, exciting. I feel like than you've your- been quiet, Jerry. I think I think I think Gobby's been a little quiet this episode. Well, Jerry's uh won't shut up, and he's uh apparently been well prepared, which is you know throwing me completely off. You're, look, look, I mean, admit it, Gabby. You're you're you are intimidated by the moleskin, aren't you? <laughs> as soon as I saw him uh, break that out, I can't get. Anytime out of my he thoughts. starts to speak, I flash the skin up on the screen, and that makes <laughs> he sure flashes you know. the moleskin. Yeah, Gabby, do you have your answer? I put fighting corn worms. I put beaver. How close Beaver? are we? Beaver. Uh, neither of you are e- even anywhere in the in the universe. It's not an animal. It's not an animal. Mm. Oh, oh. Let me let me give you a hint. You'll still never pirates. Get it. Let me give you a hint. This word, this mascot, is both a noun and a verb. A noun and a verb. Huh? So it. It and, it's, and it refers to a human being. It's a noun oh. and a verb that refers to a human being. Refers to a human being. Mm-hmm. Corn husker. Because that husking is a verb. <laughs> the you're you're closer to Nebraska than Indiana was. <laughs> That's what's <laughs> The Indiana... Um, I can't think. <laughs> I don't know. What's Indiana? That's starts, corn. That starts with a P, ends with I and ear. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's Why not- did they pioneer in Indiana? I wrote down pianist. <laughs> so it's, it's not the the Indiana pianist. Oh, is so a is pianist a ver a, a noun? I mean, I mean, I, I, I well, I guess well, it it's, would be. it's descriptive and it's it a, verb. Be a verb. Have you never pianist? <laughs> I have. When I'm doing my content creation, I like to to pianist. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just part of it. 
Mm-hmm. So I think we have. Oh, Gabby, do you have anything else in terms of questions <laughs> or things that you wanted to talk about? I'm sorry, I do realize I've been hogging the 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 overall conversation mainly because no, no. Well, I mean, you you had your thing going down, so I <laughs> I'm often uh um let's see what's the term not accused um you like to get all bent out of shape when i interrupt you and i thought i'd attempt to let there be a smoother podcast but you see what happens when i do not interrupt like literally and jerry comes in the show i'm tired i'm tired been doing this all day literally has not shut up the whole show because i've tried not to interrupt and this is what we get but it's fine and also mike's you know you've been talking about you know uh, your thing and dice tower so i'm fine with it i was gonna say i really don't have i don't have anything so that's also part of the reason (laughs) but i was gonna well, I was just going to ask, uh, does uh, your wife, Timothy, enjoy gaming at all? Does T- Timothy, do you enjoy gaming at all? Oh, she's got her, I think she's got her headphones in. Um, I mean, you have a show not, called Solo Mode, so I just kind of figured. Well, here's the thing. Um, Tiffany does like gaming. Uh, she likes video games, and she does like board games, but not... To the level of like, you know, hobby board gaming. So she's got her favorite games um, that she plays. Her big thing is she doesn't like learning new games. She's not cult of the new in any way. She's very much, she knows what she likes. That's exactly how Gina is. Yeah. She she likes, you know, Waterdeep. She likes Yggdrasil. She likes, you know, her core games. Um, And if she only learns one game a year, that's perfectly fine for her. You know what I mean? Even maybe not even that. She just, you know... That's not, that's not her, the cult of the new, like me is not her thing. And so I've become, you know, uh, very careful about not trying to push that because, you know, that, that's just not what she's into. So, and I am fine with playing, you know, a game that, that we both know and like already. So, well, um, what is she into though? What are, what are Miss Delizio's hobbies? Well, and how did she feel about you coming to the dice tower? She was rooting your life. Yeah, no, no. She was remarkably supportive of it. She she encouraged me to to take this risk because honestly, I I had some crises of confidence right beforehand. I I was struggling with the decision. I was going back and forth on am I being crazy? You know, I'm going from something that has a whole lot of security and years of service and a pension and all of these things and um she was remarkably supportive. I couldn't, I literally could not have done it without her support. So, uh, you know, she was fantastic about it. Uh, she's got Did you have Tom slide across the desk? Did you have Tom slide across the desk a number? She, he and did then not. You look at it slowly. He did not slide it across the desk because we were thousands of miles apart at the oh, time that the numbers were. Or did were he discussed. show up at your door with a big sweepstakes check? <laughs> I said, Mike, come on down. He showed up. He, he showed up at the front door with a with a large bouquet of balloons and the publisher's clearinghouse uh, folk and 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 presented me with a oversized check. Now my name was misspelled, so I was a little concerned for legal matters that it would actually clear. But uh, it turns out it was all fine. Do you find the Florida man persona to be accurate? I personally do not because I have not run across, I think in the area that we're in. So Florida, what little I know of it, and I I would never speak as somebody that is knowledgeable of Florida, as somebody who's lived not only here 
for less than a year, but somebody who's lived in the time of COVID where you're stuck in your house, and as somebody who really has not explored much outside of the very southern tip, as Jerry likes to call, uh, of Florida. But the area that I'm in is a very uh, diverse and, I mean, we you can't get much more south in the United States than where we're at right now. We are exit two on the Florida Turnpike, meaning that there's one more exit before us, and then you're in the Florida Keys, um, which is, you know, 90 miles from Cuba. So we are the southernmost part of, of uh, the United States, as, at least I believe so. Uh, I, I don't want to get called on this, but I believe so. So uh, the area that we're in doesn't fit that Florida man uh, kind of persona stereotype. I think that the Florida man, quote unquote, thing is more... I don't even want to say it. I get the impression, at least, that it's more towards the panhandle area. Uh, I, my understanding is it's more up towards the northern or central part of Florida, not yeah. just the tip in your area. Sure, sure. Uh, Correct. Uh, I, I I know we had a uh, – you're probably – and most of our listeners are aware of Enrique, and he's not been able to be on our podcast simply because uh, he doesn't have a microphone. He he got uh he got infected with a brain eating amoeba, but sadly oh, uh, it starved to death. Was he in uh, in Houston recently? Have you heard about this? That's horrifying. Yes, yes. We sent Enrique down there so that they would all die out of starvation. <laughs> you sent him there to do some field <laughs> testing. <laughs> Let's have this man drink all the amoebas and uh, get rid of them. Well, you're about to uh, you're about to be sorely. Uh, uh, mistaken on that because I texted Enrique earlier oh. and asked oh. him if you were to ask questions to Mike Delizio, what questions would you ask? After he and said, I, said who? who? Number one, who? Well, I can assure you, Enrique has never, two things, he's never listened to our podcast and two, he has never listened to a Dice Tower video. Uh, but he sent back Four questions for which I must ask you. <laughs> That's impressive, so, Enrique. Yes. Wow. So um, the first question, the first two questions are both board game related, and so I'd like to ask those first. Sure. It says he wants to ask what's what, and he misspelled all this. What their favorite <laughs> broad game is? Broad game genre. Broad game. What genre. is so, your favorite broad game? So what is your favorite broad game genre? I feel like I'm on an episode of Mad Men with this broad comment. Um, okay, first of all, I just would like to uh, state that we're four, no, 56 minutes in, which is already, what, the length of two of your typical podcasts? 56 minutes in, I believe this is the first time we've mentioned board games in any way whatsoever. Um, my favorite broad No, game- we haven't. We've mentioned broad games. <laughs> <laughs> right. My favorite broad game- This genre- one, the dames all love them, see? <laughs> yeah. Here's what I like, see? Um, yeah, here you go. There's a broad <laughs> game for you. Yeah, here you go, you dirty rat. My my favorite would be what I call and what other people have called hybrid, which is basically it is Euro mechanisms with more of a of a uh, a, a marathrash type of theme. So uh, I don't know things like Blood Rage or or Scythe, things that that kind of have those Euro underpinning mechanics, but have more of a thematic bent feel to them. Underpinning is popular in southeast Oklahoma with the trailers. Right. Now, under underpinning is something that, uh, you know, I haven't done for a number of years. But back in my times of header tales, I was pretty well known for my <laughs> underpinning. What? 
Uh, <clears throat> next question. I'm recovering from that underpinning. I had like three different things I was about to say about that. None of them are. That's gone. where one of the. Uh, that's where one of his piercings is. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say it. I'm glad you did. <laughs> undercarriage. Undercarriage. Sure. Uh, he, then he would ask what, and again, what broad game <laughs> they like the most in that genre. So, what broad game do you like most in the hybrid genre? <laughs> Well, my the last time I did a list, my favorite board game was Scythe, and I know that's kind of a of a, a boring answer because I've mentioned it so much, but I'm I'll stick with mm-hmm. it. I still I still love Scythe. Um, I just got the app. The, the app just came out for for uh, mm-hmm. the iPad, and 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 uh, so the thing is, though, I think that's one game that I'm still going to always prefer to play in person. So it would be Scythe would be my favorite. Okay. The next he then in his next text text message he says. Ask the, and in quotation marks, what is something that everyone looks stupid doing? Unquote. Ask the what is. Yes. So what, what is, is something, something that, that everyone looks stupid doing? Power walking. I, I had the same thought. Oh. You cannot power walk There's or even no... jog for that matter. Well, jogging, jo- you can have a jaunty lilt to your jog. Jaunty lilt. But you can't with a power walk. There's no way to do that and look good. I uh, I was power walking just this afternoon and part of my uh, weight loss journey. Sure. And uh, there's a uh, certain track in town. It's a mile loop. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's not a mile loop. I don't know who measured it. Someone that went to school here. That it's like point <laughs> nine seven, uh, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just shy of a mile. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. So I'm jogging. And I'm just now beginning to get where I can jog. Uh, I've lost enough weight where That's I can fantastic. get it going. Seriously, and great. and I've been getting my uh, getting my uh, uh, what's that cardio enough sure. where I can maintain a jog for enough where I'm not wheezing. However, it does I always it, t- it tends to stir up um, the fluids and the juices sure. in my head, and I'm sure. like runny nose. I'm hacking up mm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have earbuds in. I'm like, you know, listening to the latest sporadically bored podcast and it's blasting in my ears. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there and I take a rag with me to wipe the brow of my head, you know, wipe the sweat. And I've got all this stuff going on. So I'm like, I, I look around every now and then. But at this particular moment, I just I had my earbuds in and I'm just blowing my nose. I'm hacking. I like spit. Just like it's disgusting. I gotta tell you, I'm you're disgusting. really painting a picture with these words. Keep, yeah, go ahead. I I'm I'm the typical fat, sweaty, disgusting man. <laughs> and as soon as I blow my nose, I'm like, and I literally say aloud to myself, I'm like, "Good lord." <laughs> Here comes this uh, a young a young gal jogs uh-huh. right beside me that I never heard coming, mm-hmm. and she you know she's a she's an attractive person. I wonder what this myself. gal's favorite broad game is. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I said, "There's a nice looking broad, see." <laughs> But uh, and, she, and then she jogged immediately past me, and I was just I was just ashamed of my sure. uh, my fatness, my sweatiness, my snottiness, <laughs> and I didn't like look around before I did all these things. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I, oh, so then she jogs past me for a good way. She's like getting away from me. Sure, sure. <laughs> but but then she she you know she stops at a certain point. She stops her jog, and mm-hmm. she's just walking. Well, I'm still trucking along in my very slow paced jog, but. Uh-huh. It is slightly faster than a walk. Sure. So I do get within, a, I mean, a good distance of her. And 
lo and behold, she picks up the pace once again and takes off from it. She sensed your presence. Okay. Gotcha. She sensed me. She sensed me. So, uh-huh. yeah, I'm. A, it was quite the sight and I was quite embarrassed. But, you know, I'm not the only uh, large man out there. There's and, and and when I do see large people out there, I like to, you know, uh, keep it going. You sure. got it, you, you got know, it. type of guy. I've got a couple of follow up I cheer my people you, on. Um, okay. On this track... Were th- are there lanes? Are there are there actual defined lanes on this track? No, it's a dirt trail with like minuscule gravel that's type Got thing it. on it. Would you say that this jogger, this gal, would you say that she took mm-hmm. a wide berth? A dame. <laughs> dame. Would you say that she took a wide berth? A wide berth. As oh she yes, to? yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I, I mean, just- you kind of have to. You have to take a wide berth to just get around me. Not anymore. You're dropping weight like well, nobody's business, Gobby. That's fantastic. Oh, oh, speaking of yes, uh, yes. Sir Dan Hughes, mm-hmm. uh, publicly has conceded he has. all of two weeks into it. I know, I know. And so I assume that I am now the co-host of Sporadically Bored. <laughs> That's how it works, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But you need to keep going, I thought man. that was the deal. Keep, keep, I, I, I think you should still, still kind of... Feel like you've got that competition, so that any any motivation that can keep you going, because I think it's fantastic. I'm trying. It's hard. It is. I went to the store today, and uh, I'm trying to cut back on my uh, alcohol consumption. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed that when I do that, I want to snack and replace that. So I yeah. went and bought like some sodas and some little debbies. But I, I told my wife I just want one, just right. one. Yeah, it's hard. You know, I I had. Um, I had lost uh, about 65 pounds within the last, I don't know, four years. I don't remember exactly when it's been. And and the people that had seen, you know, that knew me before and after I'd lost the weight, you know, everyone always wants to know, okay, so what did you do? What did you do? What did you do? And and I think a lot of times they're looking for some kind of like – in some something right some magic yes, you know the magic peel right and <laughs> my thing was always you have to tell yourself no hundreds of times a day mm. like literally yes hundred you have That's to tell yourself no hundreds of times a day because look i do i always want an entire loaf of italian bread yes at any given time Every of the day, day <laughs> i always want an entire loaf of italian bread do i always want an entire pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Absolutely. I always want an entire, you know what I mean? And so it's just, it's it's that whole thing of, of, to me, for the longest time, I felt like I couldn't do it. Like there was just something like, I just don't have the willpower. I'm not, I'm not capable of doing it. But then once I finally got to the point where I did, I didn't, I knew I didn't have that excuse anymore. And it was just a matter of, you know, I'm choosing not to, you know, that, that, that was the hardest thing is, is being honest with myself and saying, okay, if I'm heavier than I want to be, it's because I'm choosing to be heavier than I want to be. And I know that there are other people out there in the world that that's not the case. They've got, you know, uh, physical reasons, thyroid issues, whatever the case may be that they don't have that luxury. But for me, I never had that excuse. It was, if I'm overweight, it's because I'm choosing to be overweight. You know what I mean? So, and most of my life, I chose to be overweight. So, yeah, I was, uh, I come from big people. So, yeah, yeah. it is a kind of a genetic thing, but sure. at the same time, yeah, I, I, I indulge myself. I find that my portion sizes usually shock other people, mm-hmm. you know, when I get that plate <laughs> of spaghetti. Sure. 
and uh, my I drank a six pack of Dr Pepper. Sure, and sure, sure. Apparently, that's not normal. Well, you're a tall guy and, too, though, right? You're you're not short. I'm like right at around six. Okay, I'm not super tall. But I should I should share you guys. I should send you guys some pictures of me when I was heavier. People usually freak out. Please do. Please do. It will make a great uh, addition to both the podcast thumbnail and our Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the fourth question, and I'm glad Enrique's question enlisted such heartfelt advice and storytelling regarding your previous (laughs) weight loss issues. Uh, His fourth question was, what? What is the most embarrassing thing you have ever worn? The most embarrassing thing I have ever worn? Worn. I'm assuming he's he's asking for like an article of clothing. Wow. Or um, or, this is difficult, but I the only thing I can think of is I would imagine that at some point I owned a fanny pack. Um, uh, I'm old enough that I probably at some point owned a fanny pack. So I will go with that. Although I don't specifically remember owning a fanny pack, I probably were they did. wrapped around your Maurice Francois Gerbeau pants. No, they were they were around my Vidal Sassoon or Jordash jeans. <laughs> I can't remember which of the two. Uh, one of the or two. guess Jordash. Jordash. Wow. Oh no no, it was yeah good. Jordash, Vidal Sassoon, or uh, what was the other one? I can't remember. Those are the only two I can remember. My members, I had a members only jacket. I did have a members only jacket. I had one of those Steve Harvey suits that goes down to your ankle and has 18 buttons. And I mm-hmm. was nice. silver and had like this very odd seersucker, but not seersucker pattern. Yeah. That I, I imagined it being the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And I recently- like you were in the 40s. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. And I thought that that looked good. Yeah. And my skin was so pale that (laughs) I was was not... uh, Yeah. So that was probably... And you were constantly talking like the old-timey guy. Yeah. Yeah, See? 23's could do. You were good, kid. Real good. As long as I'm around, you'll be second best. See? Well... Weren't you just uh, saying you just watched uh, Casablanca, Gabby? Was that that right? That's true. I did. There you go. You know, you... We... You brought up Steve Harvey, and uh, you know a lot of people may only know Steve Harvey from uh, the, uh, the 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 family uh, family feud, the new family feud. You know, I will tell you this: I saw the uh, comedians uh, in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. That series that he did, the one that he did with Steve Harvey was possibly the best one I've ever seen. Steve Harvey is a funny dude. You wouldn't necessarily know it by. Some of the yeah. stuff he does, because man, the guy, the guy's going to collect he's, a paycheck, right? He's not going to turn yeah, down. Yeah, he's mostly just doing like reaction shots, right? Yeah. Right, but he whatever that show he was could called, be a funny dude. I was very, very impressed with that episode. I, I remember Steve Harvey back in the day when he and several, I think it was Bernie Mac and Cedric. Oh yeah, the king, the the kings of comedy. Yeah, the kings of comedy. That was a, a hilarious. It was great. Uh, comedy special. That was yep. awesome. Steve Harvey did that bit. Where somebody in the front row left and left their jacket, and he got them. <laughs> oh, I mean, there was, was just great. a lot of stuff about that. That was an amazing. That was amazing. Yeah, special. That was really uh, good. Yeah, yeah. Bernie Mac and uh, Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer, and uh, who was, was it? D.L. Hughley. What was yeah, that? It was D. Yeah, D.L. Hughley. D.L. Hughley. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. that was great. Yes. 
That was great. Yeah, DL got got COVID not long back and recovered. Is that right? I did not yes, know that. Yes, passed out on stage. I I, I really like stand up comedians. Um, mm-hmm. That's such a weird statement. I really like stand up comedians. <laughs> I really like stand up comedians. Just in general, just I do in as general. Well. Uh huh. Like this I don't is a like general statement of fact. <laughs> I don't like their comedy, but I just like to be introduced to them. I like them as human beings. <laughs> yeah, they're good people. They're good people. Well, you seem like you're a nice guy. You seem like a funny guy. Now, I don't well, find you I don't find your humor funny. I don't find your act funny, but I like you as a person. All right. Mike. I always find it interesting that most I don't know how, you know, this again, stereotype. The stereotype of most stand-up comedians, especially like the the classic ones, mm-hmm. is that they're not really funny like in real life. They're not great to be around, yeah. Right. They have like these dark stories mm-hmm. and depression and mental issues yes. and I always found that interesting that they can go that, but yet they, they, they're good writers of comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people have said that, that a lot of comedy comes out of pain. You know what I mean? Yes. I think that's why our podcast is so funny is because sure. both me and Gombe are just basically in a pit of despair and suffering. <laughs> Correct. And, and it shows through the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it does. Uh, yeah. Mike, who's your favorite comedian off the top of your head? <sighs> the top of my head? Oh my gosh. I probably would. God, I'm thinking Steve Martin. Uh, Steve I, Martin. I think he is just, I mean, not as a stand up, but as a writer. Um, yes. I think he's brilliant. I mean, I just think he is a brilliant, brilliant writer. I love I love Steve Martin. Um, I love Jerry Seinfeld, believe it or not, as a, as a you know, I loved his show and I love him as a stand up. Um, uh, Richard Pryor. Uh, I don't know. There's just I. I, I actually I, I'm a huge fan of, of stand up comedy. Uh, my oldest son wants to be a stand up comic, and and he's uh, he 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 is a good student of stand up comedy. Um, there, I don't know. There's just it's too many to mention. Honestly, I, I think that there's just some. It's that's a a skill that I really admire. Uh, I, I really think that they are. The ones that are good at it um, are almost mesmerizing to me. Like I almost mm-hmm. – they almost like put you in a trance. They're so good. You know what I mean? Their timing, the way they set up a, a joke. And there are so many different types. You've got the – you know, the people that tell the the, the one-liners like, like uh, Rodney Dangerfield and does that so well. And then you've got other people – you know, like Stephen Wright, where you have to like wait 45 <laughs> seconds before you get the joke. And then you've got other people that are storytellers, you know, and, 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 and do it so well that way, like, like Richard Pryor. So, um, it's just hard to say. I mean, Dave Chappelle's fantastic. There's just, I don't know. Then you got Carrot Top. Then you have Carrot Top and you've got Sinbad, who, who also is, is right there on the precipice of, of greatness. And, and you have Gallagher, not just Gallagher, but Gallagher too, his, his estranged brother. <laughs> Who tried to take over his act once he uh, got sick, I think. Yeah. So, so many options. That's where the band Smashing Pumpkins got their idea from. <laughs> uh, I, I don't I don't think one who begins their videos with the dumping out of components should be making fun of somebody who smashes uh, watermelons. As a, I, That's something that I've often... I've seen more people comment about that component dump on the Dice Tower. Yeah, you know what, though? Being, you know what, though? The fact that people are talking about it, I think is all you need to say because exactly right who did it before nobody who's done it after nobody because if you do you you're going to be a pretender you know i look right the the, it's such a silly thing but 
no one else did it. I, I have often thought of if, if I ever decide to branch into YouTube videos to start each of one of my reviews with me putting components back in the box. Yes, yes. Just That's as a nice good. reversal, you know, kind of like the whole tenant back in time type thing. I, yeah. I, I think that, and, and going back to Mr. Vassal and the Dice Tower to kind mm-hmm. of just hammer this point in, I've always <laughs> thought in my mind that Tom was an excellent businessman. Mm-hmm. And not only how he has set up the Dice Tower, but the content. <laughs> do you have a migraine? I do have a migraine. <laughs> I'm trying to is, close my is. eyes without making it obvious. Gabby always right. makes fun of me that when we used to do the podcast live, I would close my eyes whenever I'm thinking of something important. <laughs> when to try When he gets in deep discussion, he takes his glasses off, closes his eyes, yeah. and starts rubbing it's them. It's very dramatic. Right. I mean, this is a moment we're having it, here. Yeah, It's very dramatic. Well, Just like Horatio did on CSI Miami. <laughs> <laughs> when I put my glasses back on, that's when the music yeah plays. Uh, which which Horatio was in the tip of my uh, Florida too, wasn't he? <laughs> Indeed, he, was. he was. Dade County. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, my, yeah, Dade. I am in Dade County right now. I ha- I, I happened in place. I ate it a is. Cabano sandwich there. Cubano. Cabano? A Cubano. Cubano, Cubano sandwich. It's delicious. Changed my life. Yes. I came home and tried to make one. I have not been able to replicate it since. It's difficult to replicate. If you get a panini maker, you can get close, but it's still not the same as if you have a good, you know, uh, press. What's a panini? I think we may have to edit uh, that out. Is that so, like a pianist? <laughs> like an Italian pianist? A, pianist? A, pi- a panini is like an Italian version of a Cubano sandwich. The difference with a panini with a Cubano is that with a Cubano... It doesn't have uh, grill like like marks, you know, because it doesn't have the the grooves like a normal grill, like like a foreman grill has those grill marks. Paninis like are like those foreman gr- uh, grills where they'll leave indentations in the bread. In a cubano, it's not going to necessarily have those indentations. It's just going to be pressed between griddle type things. And you don't want to get your panini caught in a George Foreman grill. You don't. You don't. It's it's uh, it will end you up in the ER in a heartbeat. You'll be making journals out of it in no time. <laughs> Back to Tom. Yeah. Back to Tom Vassell. Not only is sure. he a good businessman, but I had a I had a question. Does he have a a closet or a room for all those gone awful hats and ties? <laughs> does he have a Does he have a wardrobe that he enters into? Is it like a pole, like Batman, that he slides down sure, and he comes sure, out sure. dressed in this flamboyant? Sure, this he, is... I, I understand that he keeps a certain wardrobe, and it, mm. I find it fascinating because that wardrobe with the component dump mm-hmm. has a, a certain flair, I guess you could say. It's iconic. It, it is iconic. It's iconic. It is iconic. That's the mm-hmm. word it's I would flair, say. It's flair, like they wear Chili's and TGIF. Yes, he has his 14 different pieces of flair on. Do they wear flair at Chili's, though? I don't know that they do. Yeah, a little bit. You got a little flair at Chili's? It's been so long since I've been to a Chili, so I don't remember. Yeah, in yeah. the South, in the South here, they don't have flair. They just have face tattoos, and that counts as their flair. <laughs> yeah, 15 so face I, tattoos, yeah. How many teardrops you have, that's how many times you've dropped a, a platter as you were coming out. How many onion blossom dips you dropped. As Are you anti-face tattoo? Uh, it's not that I'm against face tattoos, and I don't want to offend Roy or anybody else in the Dice Tower <laughs> that might have a face tattoo. I don't watch the Dice got, Tower. Multiple um, tattoos. But I'm just saying that yeah, it's not see? that I'm He just flashed it to you, tattoos. but your eyes were closed and you didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know. It's just that it's that 
I, we live in the deep south, mm. and there is a certain connotation with piercings and tattoos that has been around for years. Sure. And it's just now that we're it's becoming more acceptable. Like Mainstream. I, I, I firmly believe, and, and mind you, my father being a drill sergeant thought that certain types of tattoos were fine, but anybody else that had tattoos were were looked down upon that that sure. mindset has changed and now I, and that's another thing i wanted to bring out with the board game breakfast and many other different aspects of the dice tower broad game breakfast <laughs> the broad, that's gonna be the name of our show <laughs> that's on our show the broad game Be- breakfast <laughs> sure. we have coming to, soon <laughs> yes coming yes. soon to the gateway network the broad game breakfast comedy soon see yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's not sexist at all <laughs> no. no look at the games on this one <laughs> Gams, uh, nice. What nice. is? What, oh, that's a good one. I don't even know what a gam is. is it's a leg. Like a, it's a leg, Jerry. It is. I'm not yes. that old. Is that what they used to call it? Oh, okay, is they called like legs gams. They I think that's just the ankles. Uh, <laughs> Some nice walking sticks on that one, see? <laughs> I, I hadn't heard that. Okay, that's how I lured my wife. By the way, by that talking just like that. <laughs> I can understand that, Jerry, I, or Jerry, Gabby, I, that, because that is irresistible. I mean, I'm ready to propose <laughs> oh, right now. It's not machismo or sexist at all. It's mm-hmm. just... Just genuine appreciation, yes. <laughs> genuine appreciation. I mean, who doesn't like to be told you have a nice pair of walking sticks? <laughs> Especially on a good hike. Go ahead, Jerry. You were, you were trying to make a, a, a very, very important point. I think oh, God. The nice tower He thinks nice every point variety. he makes is important of content and it's good for people who are just entering the hobby and of course they most of them move on afterwards after sure. they kind of get into the hobby which mm-hmm. i think that that's just fine but I, i've great. often appreciated that the the dice tower is the a nice foundation for the board gaming hobby for people to get started in and once their tastes have matured to kind of and I'm not saying that everybody moves on from the dice tower. I'm saying that most people do stick around because obviously y'all have the like the ginormous Kickstarter and all these other you know conventions mm-hmm. and things and people sure. sending Tom hats and and even myself, even though I'm not a particular uh, consumer of dice tower content, I do have a soft spot in my heart for Jason Levine, sure, uh, aka the 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 Phantom of the Dice Tower. Mm. That's how I like to think of him. Soft spot in the heart. You should get that checked out. Is that your potassium? Uh, my potassium <laughs> has been very low here lately. Matter of fact, I am mm. getting that checked Tuesday. Ooh. Um, mm. But how do they check that through the rectum? Uh, <laughs> yes, that's exactly how they do that. that, that, that I think like I don't understand how like I got something going on in the brain. Well, time to go through the rectum and check it out. <laughs> That's not, it's through an artery. You don't actually go through the rectum for very few things in terms of, you You are a side. Well, then I've been going to the wrong doctor. <laughs> we, need, we need to check your hemoglobin. Every time. Everything's through the rectum for some reason. Well, you know, there's a direct route. <laughs> but either way, the, the Dice Tower and its, its various content creators and its variety, I've always appreciated, even though. Uh, I have just been a fanboy of, uh, and I mean, honestly, when I got back into the board gaming hobby many years ago, it was mm. the Dice Tower that I stumbled across. Interestingly enough, I love the fact that on Board Game Geek, it keeps your history when you first come in. Right. And I was looking back at the dates of like 
and I, I could recall what brought me back into the board gaming hobby and how I went down this trail and what I was looking at at the time. Mm. And that led to a Dice Tower video and, of course, a top 10 video and things sure. of that nature. And so my uh, mine is very cliche. Like, I just think like my, my brother-in-law brought in Settlers of Catan. Yep. I'd never heard of it. We played it. I was blown away. And I, I can't even remember when I first saw like the dice tower, but man, I was hooked top tens. And then they had that one where it's like the essentials. Yeah. Like the one that one of theirs that hit the million or whatever, like first. And I just basically went through there and bought every one of those games. I mean, that that's similar to me in that, you know, Catan was, was my entryway. I don't remember the first, I don't remember how I got turned on to dice tower, probably through BGG. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just I was in a similar situation where I pretty much consumed everything I could, anything I was interested in. It likely had a Dice Tower video. Then I got into the top tens. You know, it, it's it's about the personalities for me. I just kind of got uh, hooked yeah. by the personalities, yeah. and, and and that was all it took. Which is I always did prefer the the top. I always preferred watching the top ten list because I liked you know the interactions sure. between Z Sam and. Tom. Absolutely. Which is very interesting which is very interesting now because you are a content creator and we are content creators and we consume mm-hmm. your content and you consume our content. Yep. We're just like some big human centipede type thing where we're just consuming <laughs> each other's content. It's just such wonderful and proud members of yes. the of the Gateway Network. And I'm glad uh, you brought that up oh. right after the rectum discussion. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I know how to drive the conversation home. Well, I just, oh, you do. Yes. You drive it home. Uh we're now moving on into our, and uh, uh, I, I, I have not stolen this. Our few yards of garbage? <laughs> yes, our few yards of garbage. Uh, now, I know that. You know, why, we should just start, we should just rename our podcast <laughs> A Few Yards of Garbage. Sure. No, it should be called, it should be called pe- Periodically Disinterested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was the and, original uh, title, but yeah, yeah we, we, we decided against it. Sure. So. And, and a few yards of garbage, and I don't know if you're familiar with this. This is the no. segment for which we talk about things that are not board game related, <laughs> because we know our fans like to hear things outside of the board gaming milieu. And uh, <laughs> Flavian, uh-huh. Flavian. uh huh, Flavian. And so, Gobby, do you have any? No, no, Gobby hasn't been prepared for this. I'm sure. <laughs> um, what, Mike? Have you, have you ever heard of BestLife.com? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> if you want. Interesting facts. I encourage you to look up bestlife.com, an amazing website full of all sorts of weird and interesting facts that uh, you may not have heard before. Hmm. I'm intrigued. Uh, Mike, do you have anything of interest outside of the board game milieu? (laughs) I was absolutely unprepared for this. Let's see. Let me think. Are you calling it a a few yards of garbage? Yes. All right. Few yards of garbage. What's something that I could? What's something I can I could bring up? What have I been? What have I been? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I've been uh, the only thing I've been doing outside. I, I've been watching my uh, watching my documentaries, Gobby. I'm, I'm watching documentaries. Um, <laughs> I'm playing. Have you new... seen Cobra Kai? What's that? Cobra Kai. Have you seen no, Cobra Kai? You know Kai? what? I, I I have to tell you, I'm being a little bit obstinate. I'm, I'm being a little bit obstinate because everyone's going crazy. I was the thing too. Is, I loved the Karate Kid. I really did like the original Karate Kid. I was too. 
I just, for some reason, I've been hesitant. I've, I've kind of been resistant to watching it. I don't know why. I watched the trailer when it came out on mm-hmm. YouTube. And I watched the trailer, and to me, it looked like the cheesiest thing yeah, ever. Yeah. Sure. But I, I listen to a Slash Film uh, daily. It's a podcast out of L.A. They're like movie TV critics and stuff. And he, the main guy, Peter Soretta, he talked about uh, Cobra Kai like nonstop. He was touting cobra kai and i was like ah, i saw that preview it looks so terrible i'm hooked wow i mean right. it, it 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 takes the whole thing and flips it to where you know daniel was the underdog daniel mm-hmm. said sure now johnny's the underdog okay. and daniel's the successful guy and it's just really good. The only thing, they make Johnny like super stuck in the 80s. Like he's just got this, he's non-PC, he's gotcha. very macho, and he like he, he doesn't even know basically like how computers work. That's a little overdone to me, but the overall story, I love the reversal that they've done. So, And, and they kind of make Daniel like the bad guy, kind of, but he's not really because... He, if you watch the show, it's like you you see both sides of how they remember things. And uh, to me, it's really well done. All right. Well, I I, I will check it out then. I will check it out. I, I feel like I've been. And they're I've only 30 minutes. Willfully obstinate, Gobby. And that's just not, that's, <laughs> that, that's not acceptable. Uh, all right. So here's what I'll do. Um, there's two. I'm a big music person. I do enjoy music. But I enjoy music that is stuff that I grew up for. for I think a lot of people are like that, right? You know, you like what you, yes. what you grew up listening to. And so there are two albums that came out. And by calling them albums, I'm dating myself. But there were two albums that came out just this last Friday that uh, I, I've been listening to. And one is by Bob Mould. And it's called Blue Hearts. And he's the he was the leader of Husker Du, which was a punk band back in the day. And uh, it's very good. And then the, uh, the new Public Enemy uh, album uh, is called What You Gonna Do When the Grid Goes Down. And uh, I think both of those albums are very, uh, uh, very good from what I've heard so far. So I'll, I'll, I'll use that as my few yards of garbage. That explains yeah. the piercings. Yes. The punk bands. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, life. have you ever heard of Bob Schneider out of Austin, Texas? Bob Schneider? Wasn't he in B-52s? Uh, <laughs> no, I was a different Schneider. Uh, no, I have not. What, 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 who's Bob Schneider? Uh, I think he's pretty big deal down there. I don't think he's gotten much out of that. He might have a hit or two, mm-hmm. but, uh, he sings a song called change. Let's see. What's it called? Change, change. Oh my God. <laughs> Changing your mind. Okay. Change or change your mind. It's something of that effect. Change your mind or changing your mind. Bob okay. Schneider. Bob Schneider. It, yeah. It, it literally brings me to tears. Really? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I like listened to it the first time at a certain emotional moment in my life. <laughs> and then henceforth, every time I listen to it, it makes me think of that. Right. But I we had some friends over and I was like, let me play you all this song. And I had tear rolling wow. down my cheek as I listened to this song. And it's and even the ending of it is super weird. He puts this super weird twist on the end of the song. Mm. But it's a beautiful it's a beautiful song. Um, That's a, I was go, go ahead. I'm looking at a right question now. after I, you. I don't see the change in your mind. I do see one that's a live song called Ass Knocker. Um, but I don't, um, <laughs> that's a deep track. Yeah, that is that's a deep cut. Um, 
That's the name of my doctor, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Changing your mind. I see it. Featuring changing Patty, your mind. Featuring, featuring Patty. Somebody yeah. Better. Okay. Yeah, and it's that version that's live on YouTube is really good as well. Mm, okay, I would play it, but I don't want to give you a a, a, a hit for copyright. I was gonna, I, I, as I talked about the tear rolling down my cheek. I sure. had this discussion with Charday and Gina the other day. Mm-hmm. Why is why is it that people are embarrassed to cry in front of other people? Why is that? Mm. I I am. Absolutely not embarrassed to cry in front of other people. Uh, if if something is moving to me, I'll cry. If I'm upset, you know, I'll cry. Really? I don't know. I, I think that, look, I mean, this is- I a, would think that's not the norm, though. Like most people, you know, they're like, mm, you know- I would, you know, I would venture to, to say it. that most men, uh, that would not be the norm. I yeah, think women yeah. are, are, are given the, the, the social latitude to cry. Women are, are not only allowed, but are expected to show emotions in that way. I think men- you know, young men especially are are dissuaded from from showing that type of emotion. Uh, so I think that's really what it's about. I think that we're still socially conditioned as males to not cry. Do you find yourself getting more emotional as you get uh, older? Um, because well, I have. Yeah, I think you know it's weird. I've got this weird. I've got this whole weird thing, and I don't want to give too much information here. I, I've had this weird dichotomy in my life where I feel like I'm an emotional person that's completely not in touch with their emotions, if that makes sense. Like, I don't feel like I'm in, I, I don't feel like I'm emotionally intelligent. I don't feel like I'm, a no, I'm emotionally, uh, I, I don't think that I have a really good handle on my emotions, but I think I feel emotions. I just don't think I express them very well, if that makes right. sense. So, yeah, I don't know. I know. I, yeah, I get it. Hmm. I have found myself to, I don't know if it's just more experiences in life or loss of testosterone or what it is. Yeah, it could be. I find myself crying at the drop of a hat these days. Mm. So every time Tom comes on and his hat falls off, I end up crying. (laughs) Changing your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Should I leave you alone? (laughs) (laughs) We had a moment, Jerry. Let's not ruin it. Uh, I, I know this few yards of garbage is turned into a, a few miles of emotional distress. Correct. Uh, my few yards of garbage was two things, actually. One was mm. something educational. I, I, I had recently subscribed to a website called Blinkist, like mm-hmm. Blinkist, I-S-T, which sure. I had never heard of, which is a- Like br- blinking with your eyes? Yeah, Blinkist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is a does summaries of books, not 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 fiction or or novels, but rather either self help books, educational books, history books. Mm-hmm. And it does the overall um, synopsis of those books in like fifteen twenty minutes, and so it hmm. kind of gives you an idea of whether you want to go and read the actual book. And I have found that to be very interesting, just just listening because I drive so much huh. and are in an office so much, being able to hear various subjects and topics and i started off by actually downloading the short synopsis of books for which i've already had read to see if they did a good job on giving that synopsis and preview of it and it's been really interesting hmm. um and I, I i had not heard and i know people have like a terrible attention span at this time and nobody likes listening to 
to like hour and a half long podcast, which is why we're gonna have to cut this one up into like <laughs> sure. four parts. Sure. Uh, my other, my other, uh, more lighthearted yards of garbage is something that Gobby just something Gobby said reminded me of this. Uh, if you go to YouTube and go- and uh, not Google, but search Martin Freeman, mm-hmm. the the man who which I I, I love Martin Freeman and Bruiser. B-R-U-I-S-E-R. Mm-hmm. There is a particular skit that Martin Freeman does where which he exclaims that I am not a insert uh, whatever it is that he is exclaiming that he is not. And it's a skit where he goes about um, basically putting himself into socially awkward situations for which you then hear his thoughts as he is trying to work out what his next action should be, and he always ends up making the situation worse, such as he's jogging and there's a woman jogging next to him and he doesn't want to jog close to her. He doesn't can't speed up enough to pass her. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to seem like he's stalking her, and he's thinking right. all this in his head, and then he ends up at the very end always screaming out loud that I'm not a stalker or something. <laughs> <laughs> it, is a, it is a classic Several there's several videos of these uh, as okay. skits of Martin Freeman, which I think Martin Freeman is one of my uh, fa- one of my favorite low key actors. Is Martin mm. Freeman? Is that Morgan's brother? <laughs> yes, it's his white <laughs> adopted brother, Martin. His British uh, Watson Martin ah, Freeman. Fantastic. Yes, fantastic. Well, that's going to have to do it for us because it's like eight o'clock here in the south. Yeah. So that must be about probably nine o'clock there in the tip. Of Florida. It, it's nine o'clock uh, in so, the tip. You got it. Yeah. And you need to get up early in the morning to fluff uh, Tom's hats and bring him his coffee. It's a whole and thing, like, man. It's a scene, man. It, It is. It is. And we would certainly like to thank you for abandoning your calling of a high school teacher. <laughs> when and- winter hits, does Florida get smaller? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just kind of recesses up into the north a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It is a thing. Uh, that's a thing. That's a thing. I don't know where to go from there. Look, I, I will tell you, and and uh, it, it, I, I was waiting for the call. I, w- I was waiting for the the request to come on, and and uh, while it took much longer than I expected, it was really, uh, it was, it was heartwarming to to be asked to come on, and I feel really uh, proud to have been part of the the least humorous and least entertaining episode in board game snobs uh, history. <laughs> so I, I do appreciate that recognition that that uh, that that's something to hang my hat on so to speak yes well we were first waiting for our daily chat invite but uh so that was <laughs> yeah as i said before i considered it i considered it but then i wanted to keep my job so yeah. I <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, I guess that's going to do it, eh? Sure. I don't know how you guys, how do you guys end these things? I mean, I've listened to a, a ton of your podcasts, but. I generally really... get irate and leave. Fair. Okay. Okay. Jerry either is like, it gets irritated or he's got to go to sleep or his kids show up mm-hmm. or just one of those things sure. and we just end it. Okay. Fair enough. We don't have we don't have an elegant exit usually. Yeah, we don't have somebody singing about chlamydia to close us out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, you can you can aspire to it one day. You can aspire to it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Board Game Snobs. Thank you, uh, Sir Delicio, for coming on. Let Mike close us out with that silky baritone voice of his and that manly goatee <clears throat> while he 
tries to hold back a tear. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your patronage. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us your time, your attention. Thank you for giving us your love. It's been a joy. It's been a pleasure. It's been something, hasn't it? It has. It's been fun, guys. Thank you for having me on. It really has. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. But I still have holes in my body that could accept the good hot chocolate, then the lawn guys, then the stray cats in the back.